What's up? Welcome back to the On The Ball Podcast. Now, a couple of days ago, I think it was um, earlier this week, it may have been last week, but a lot of people on Twitter were talking about how many superstars there are in the NBA. Now, a lot of people were saying there's like eight plus superstars. Some people were saying there's like but un- like less than five. Some uh, A majority of people were saying there's around seven. Um, my, my answer is a little bit different. And I feel like a lot of people have a very loose definition of superstar. And many people put, like, a lot of people were putting, like, Damian Lillard, Paul George. Uh, like, they were putting a lot of players in this superstar category that I do not believe fit in this superstar category. Um, I believe there's, I'm not going to give y'all the total number now. Um, actually, you know, I, I think there's five Maybe six superstars in the in the NBA. I think there's five definite superstars in the NBA right now. Um, uh, there's one player that is like on the cusp of not being a superstar, or uh, like he's very close. I'll get to that later. But a lot of people have a very loose definition of superstar, and I feel like that like you have to fit a certain criteria to be considered a superstar. Um, I don't know really what that definition that definition is specifically, but um, not not everyone's a superstar. Like you have to be super super special to be a superstar. But anyway, here here are my superstars. Um, number one, KD. Uh, this is um, obvious. Some of these are like really obvious, and everyone's gonna have these as their superstars. Kevin Durant, um, very good offensively. He's like a top three, top I'd say top two player in the world. Like if he's not the best, he's number two in my opinion. Um, and I think it's between him and Giannis. That's who who is the best player in the NBA. Um, Kenny is great offensively. Um, as a scorer, he's so versatile. Um, he can score. He can shoot threes. He's a great three point shooter. He can shoot mid range. He can post you up. Um, and he shoot fadeaways. He's a good rim protector. He has evolved as a defender. He has improved drastically as a defender um, since he's come to Golden State. And, I mean, he's just become an all-around great player. He really carried the Warriors in the first round against the Clippers. Um, and then early on in the second round against the Rockets, which I will be talking about later. Um, before his injury, I mean, he was killing it. He was averaging over 30 points per game on really good shooting splits. And so he, he's that type of guy. You can lean on Kevin Durant to lead your team in the playoffs because he's that lethal offensively. But then you factor in that he's a great defender. He's a good rim protector. Um, he he's kind of bad. Like he hasn't been that great of uh, that great defensively the past couple of years. But like in 2017, he was fantastic defensively. Um, he's kind of took a step back in that department. But you can um, he's still a great all around player. He's improved every um, every part of his game has improved drastically since he um, has joined the Golden State Warriors. And, I mean, he's just that type of guy. He's the type of player that you can lean on in the playoffs. You can ask him to do, to just carry you offensively. When you're, like, when the ball movement and when the play, when the offensive sets that the Golden State Warriors are using, when they're not working and when the offense is going to crap, they can just, they just give the Durant the ball and say, save us, help us out, bail us out. And he does it. He comes through time and time and time again. And for that reason, 
he's a superstar. Uh, next on this list, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with LeBron James. This is an interesting one uh, because LeBron James didn't have a great season. His numbers were great, but his impact was not. Um, there's like even with his injuries, um, there's a reason that they that the Lakers missed the playoffs, and it's because he was awful defensively this year. Um, like he would give a little to no effort defensively, uh, which is really frustrating. Like really, really, really frustrating. Um, but he's still a great player. Great offensively. Um, he like him. It's it's really frustrating. Um, the poor, poor effort he showed on the defensive end of the basketball of the. Uh, and it, it's just so frustrating because he's a great player. Um, and as he's aging, he's putting all of his energy onto the offensive side of the basketball. And he's totally forgetting the defense uh, to play defense. He's like not doesn't even care about playing defense. Um, and it's really hurting the Lakers. Of course, when he went out with injury, the Lakers went from the fourth seed to out of the playoff hunt. Um, and I know, I know that that's an argument that a lot of people use when they defend LeBron. But even then, they were still like two games from two games ahead of the ninth seed when they were the fourth seed. So that's not a great argument. But it is still a fact that they were the fourth seed when LeBron was playing, and after he came back from injury, they were not in the they were not even in the playoff hunt. Well, I mean they weren't in the top eight seeds of the Western Conference. So his impact is obviously great. Um, and then, uh, but they're like, and then in the last 31 games of the season when he did come back from injury, the Lakers were awful. They lost to like the Hawks, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans. I mean they lost some really really bad games. But you can see his impact when they go from being a top four seed in the West to the ninth seed. His impact is obvious there. And he's still a great player. He's a great finisher. Um, he's, over the, the past three years, he's become a, a, better, a lot better of a shooter um, since his Miami days. And he's become a, really, a decent shooter. You can trust him. Like in game one of the finals last season, in game one, he was fantastic. I mean, it was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Um, he was hitting shots, hitting threes, hitting deep threes. And these were like some insanely difficult shots he was hitting. And he's still one of the best players in the NBA. And But he's just on a team that suffered injuries um, this season. And they struggled. Um, not all his fault. A lot of, a lot of blame can go, uh, can be placed on LeBron. For the way that he handled the trade, um, like with the with the eighty trade rumors and how he played on defense, and then when he um, like I remember when they played the Warriors one time, he sat out for load management, and but he was making a song a rap song like like dude like really that's not a good look, uh, but he's still a superstar. Like where like if, say he were to be traded, this would be. In like national, like this would be national headlines, and it would like it would really really affect the entire NBA landscape, because um, that's his impact. That's the kind of impact LeBron has. So like even now, when he's um, oh he's like nearly thirty five, and he still has that kind of impact. Where when he changes teams, everyone takes notice, and everyone begins to fear the team that he goes on because he's that great. Alright, moving on, we got Steph Curry. Um, Steph Curry is a superstar. Um, a lot of people probably not to, like, were just, like, a lot of people were crapping on Steph Curry, um, early on 
in this Houston Rockets series. I mean, he was not playing well. I mean, that he was not playing well in the playoffs. Really, he was really, really struggling. But then last night, he had a great, great. He had a fantastic game against the Rockets in the elimination game, Game Six. He played fantastic. Um, and that really, really just solidifies Curry as a superstar with his performance last night. Very clutch. Um, he's a really, really, he's a great shooter, best shooter in the NBA, best point guard. He's a good passer and shooter. He combines those to, and like, his game is so good all around offensively. Um, he's a great passer. A lot of people don't give him credit for that, but he is a really good passer. I know his assist numbers aren't that high, but he is a good passer, and he, and he shows it in, like, the pick and roll. Like, he is a great PNR player in the pick and rolls. He, he's got great vision, great court vision, um, great shooter, and he's just a great player. Good scorer, really good finisher. Um, his impact is great. Um, there's a reason that the Warriors survive when, when KD's not on the floor, and it's because of Steph Curry. He, his impact on the, on the game offensively is so great that when the Warriors are without KD, they're going to be okay because Curry is that lethal offensively. Obviously, he's not that great defensively, but he he can carry the Warriors offensively, and he they can lean on him in clutch situations. They can lean on him um, to lead the offense, um, and that was obvious last night when Katie's not on the floor. Katie's suffering from a calf sprain, um, but Curry still is tremendous offensively. So he he's a superstar. Steph Curry, without a doubt, is a superstar. Next on my list, I got Giannis, and this isn't, I'm not like ranking these players, I'm just going by the list I have on my, on my computer screen. Next we got Giannis Antetokounmpo, I hope I said that right, I'm pretty sure I did, uh, but Giannis, this is, he, he, is, he has really, really just erupted this season, he erupted this season, he's a, probably going to win MVP. He was phenomenal defensively and offensively. He's almost unguardable one-on-one. And then when when uh, teams and when defenses crash and trap him, he's a really good passer. He's got good vision. He's able to hit guys. And he's on a team that is really, really crafted and just made well for Giannis's play style. Um, and so they capitalize on his abilities. And I, I just love the way that roster is built. It's, it's a tremendous roster. I love the Bucks this year. And Giannis has really elevated his play this season. And there's a reason the Bucks won 60 games and are the one seed in the East. And it's because Giannis took that jump from last year to this year. He improved offensively. Like, he's even better. He's got a somewhat reliable jump shot. It's not lethal, but it's it's decent. You can... You, you, you have to respect his jump shot. You can't just leave him wide open anymore. And then, he's so good defensively that he can guard um, every position on the NBA, on a court. I mean, it's crazy what this dude can do on both sides of the basketball. And he's been so good. Like, he was really good against the Celtics. I remember watching game five. He he, he didn't even have that great of a game offensive. Like, from a scoring standpoint, he only had, like, 20 points. But he was killing the Celtics. And like, when the Celtics would try to trap Giannis, he's just hitting like these good three-point shooters and he's killing the Celtics. Um, I forgot what game was. I think it was game... Game 5? Game 4? I th- it wasn't... I don't... I can't... I, it was game 4. 
It was game four, I believe. It was either game three or game four. I forgot which one. But Giannis, like, was eating the Celtics. He was killing them. Um, they couldn't guard him. They were fouling him. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stay in front of him. I mean, he was just, bro, like, oh, uh, uh, it was tough. He was, in, like, he was the enforcer in that game. Great offensively. Um, he's also a good rebounder. And, I mean, this dude's just special. Giannis is a special dude, and we are witnessing one of the greatest players of all time, um, in my opinion. And I think Giannis, at the end of his career, is go. I mean, he like, I'm gonna. I'm, I have a hot take, but I think Giannis can be a top ten player of all time if he wins the title this year. Uh, we may be witnessing the greatest player of all time. Now I know that's a little crazy. And that's like a really, 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 really. That's a that's a steaming hot take. But if Giannis wins the NBA championship this year, he's 24 years old. He'd have one title. And then he'd have, like, at least 11 more years of playing. Like, that's obviously uh, not taking into consideration. Uh, that's saying that he's not, like, if he doesn't get injured, he'd have at least 11 more years um, uh, left in his career. And, like, you're telling me he's not going to win another ring? No, he get he gets some hardware. Um, I I know last year he he didn't really struggle in the playoffs. The Celtics just had a had a really really good defensive game plan for him. But the Bucks improved their roster. They built around Giannis, and I think Giannis could seriously uh, collect some nice hardware, and he could get a resume that can rival that of LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, but yeah, he's a superstar without a doubt. Next on my list. Kawhi Leonard. This is another guy. Um, he and Giannis are both. I think this is their first year uh, being a superstar. Leonard really, really has been so impressive in these playoffs. He's reinvented himself offensively. I know I talked about this in my last podcast episode, uh, but he's been fantastic offensively. Um, he does he does a great job of attacking defenders off the dribble, pulling up from mid range. He's become deadly from mid range, and a lot of analytical nerds will tell you that that's a terrible shot. But he thrives shooting from mid range, and then he's also a decent three point shooter. He can drive. Um, he's really his game is kind of reminiscent of Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. I mean, it's really impressive when he's able what he has done offensively how he has improved and elevated his game offensively and then of course he is a great defender probably one of the best defenders of all time one of the best perimeter defenders that is and i mean really the, the raptors have really really like lean, they are leaning on leonard in a lot of these games to carry them offensively which i don't know if a lot of people could have seen this coming years uh, like years ago when he was on the, the spurs and people were calling him a system player um, he wasn't that great offensively, but he is, like, really, really, really just, he's thriving in Toronto. He has improved so much offensively. Um, and I think he, he has really, really proved that he is a superstar. Um, he's the type of guy you can lean on in clutch situations or lean on in a playoff series. When you're like, we need a bucket, you can go to him and say, carry us, help us out. We need you to bail us out. He's that type of guy now. I have, like, I have full faith in Kawhi Leonard um, offensively and defensively to lead a team in the playoffs, and he's doing that now with the Toronto Raptors. If they made the conference finals, um, or if they made the NBA finals, I wouldn't be surprised 
Because that's how good Kawhi Leonard is. Well, I mean, I would be surprised because they would have to beat the Bucks. But I'm just saying, like, I would say they have Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's playing great. I'm not surprised that he was able to lead the Raptors to a champion, to an NBA Finals appearance. Um, so, yeah, I would say he's a superstar. Number six on our list. And it's a guy that I, I don't know if he's a superstar. And it is James Harden. Um... I know James Harden, James Harden is a beast, great offensively, um, and when he when he just says everybody get out of the way and he isos, he's he's one of the deadliest scorers of all time. Let me tell you something. Um, when I hate, I don't like watching James Harden play because I don't like the way he plays. It's kind of annoying because um, I know like as a basketball player, me watching him, it's just so annoying. Just like dude, this is so boring. It's not boring to watch. It's just, like, so annoying that he's able to just ISO and do whatever he wants. It's just kind of annoying. Uh, but, dude, it terrifies me. When he gets the basketball and everybody clears out and lets and gives him room and he's, like, 40 feet from the basket and he starts going in between his legs, it, bro, I, I get scared. I'm, like, sweating on my couch watching him just destroy these poor human beings. He's just wrecking them between the legs, between the legs. Step back, double step back, and then he's just hitting these ridiculous threes. He's so good offensively. He's probably like he's one of the ten best scorers of all time, in my opinion. He's that lethal. But when the playoffs come, the system doesn't work. Harden, the way that Harden plays, is not a good way to. It's not a great system to rely on in the playoffs. You can't rely on ISO ball in the playoffs and the Warriors have proven that um, the Warriors have better ball movement than the Rockets they're good defensively and when they're moving the, they're moving the ball they're getting good wide open layups they're using pick and rolls and um, it, they've kind of gone away from that this year but like from 2016 to from 2015 to 2018 they were they really relied heavily on Ball movement, um, extra passes, pick and rolls, and it just kills the Rockets every year. That's why they've eliminated the. That's why the Warriors have eliminated the Houston Rockets four out of the past five years, and it's because their offensive system is just so good. They're really good defensively, um, and like relying on one player to ISO and then take really difficult shots. You can't rely on that. You can't win a championship that way. And Harden, he has a history of coming up coming up short in the playoffs. And then, like in Game Five, he takes one shot in the final eight minutes, in like the final eight minutes of Game Five. And I know he was making the right basketball play. He was making the right play. But like, you can't just take one shot. You're James Harden. I want Harden. I wish Harden sometimes, like in this series against the Warriors, I wish he would have just put more pressure on the defense. Um, like, I, I, I know, I don't want him to play and just go straight out hero ball, hog the ball, but, like, I want him to take over and ha just have that moment. Because this, this was a legacy game last night. Game 6 was a legacy game. And I, and I feel like he could have done so much for his legacy. This was his moment. Um, and instead, it was Steph Curry's moment. Because Steph Curry was the man last night. He was the one who came up big and said, you know what? Give me the ball. I'm going to make things happen. We're going to the NBA Finals. We're going to the Western Conference Finals. And we're going to win our third championship in a row. Um, so I just, 
I hate watching Harden come up short time and time and time again. And when he comes up short, he's a main reason for that. And I know Capella was terrible in this series, but like Harden has, to, I want to see Harden be that guy. I know he's the, he's the type of guy you can lean on offensively to lead you in a playoff series. But when he comes up short, it's devastating. It's devastating to watch James Harden come up short time and time again. Um, so, I I'm, I have him as a superstar, but he's very close to not being a superstar. If he has, like, if he, like, next, say next year he makes the playoffs, if he comes up short, I'm done. I'm done with Harden. I can't watch him come up short again and, and choke and just shrink when the lights are the brightest. I can't have that happen again. I'll, I, I will knock him off. My list of superstars in the NBA. If that happens, if that happens next year, um, obviously he didn't choke against the Warriors. I just wish he would have done a little bit more. Like he missed a lot of free throws in Game Six. He um, got really passive in Game Five, and I just want him to take control and just do a little bit more. He was great in this series. I'm not. I know. I don't mean to just. I don't mean to sound like I'm taking a, a huge dump on James Harden. He's a great player. He played great against the Warriors. I just want him to do a little bit more and kind of have that moment where it clicks for him and he's just like, I'm the man, get out of the way, watch me do this. And I want to see him take control of a, of like a, an elimination game and I want him to lead the Rockets to the promised land. Uh, now, here's there's one dude that I think is so close to superstardom and it's Nikola Jokic. I love what they're doing in Denver. I like the way they built that team around Jokic. Um, I think he's a, a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams because he's so good offensively. But if you crash in and try, and try to trap him, they've got three-point shooters all on, all around him. Like Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. Will Bar I mean, he, they got some really, really nice three-point shooters. So you can't uh, do that. And he's been phenomenal in the playoffs. I He's so close to superstardom. I want to see him do this for one more year. I want to see what he can do next year. If he has a really good year next year, I think I'll I think I would I would be okay with calling Nikola Jokic a superstardom a superstar. Um, but anyway, next up, I want to talk. I want to talk about Kyrie Irving, um, and he was awful against the Bucks. He was terrible. He shot horrendously. He was so inefficient. And then in the game five, the elimination game, Kyrie was terrible. He's taking terrible shots. Um, he's trying to play hero ball, but he's shooting the ball so inefficiently that it's killing the Boston Celtics. Like, it's killing their possessions. And then he was he was awful defensively in the game five. Like, it was like he didn't even want to be on the court. So, it was, he, it was so disappointing watching Kyrie Irving, who is a superstar-type player. He is at that level, but he shrunk um, on the biggest stage. He shrunk. When the lights were the brightest. Like, he, he was so bad in this playoff series against the Bucks, And then, afterwards, like, I mean, was it after game four? He shot 7-22. And he was like, who cares? I should have shot 30 times. That's not what people want to hear. I, I get what he's saying, and I agree. Shooters got to shoot. But, dude, you've been shooting so piss poor for the entire series. You need to, like, watch what you say. You need to choose your words carefully. So I didn't like his attitude after the game four, and then, and I remember earlier in the series he had a, he shot eight of twenty two, and he was like, I don't think you'll ever see another eight and twenty two game. 
and then he just goes in like the very next game, shoots 7 and 22, shoots even worse. I mean, technically he was right. He didn't shoot 8 for 22. He shot worse. But, I mean, so technically he was right, but like, he was so bad this series. So inefficient. And, I, he cannot have that. That was a terrible series. That is a huge black mark on his legacy. But I want to talk about where does he go. Uh, does he stay in Boston? I think that's the best option uh, from a basketball standpoint. I think Boston's where he needs. I think he needs to stay. Or I don't think he needs to stay. But if he, if he wants the best chance to win, I think he probably needs to stay in Boston. Uh, the money is probably going to be the best with the Celtics. Uh, but I like the idea of him going to L.A. with LeBron. I really like the way they play with each other. Um, obviously, his attitude towards LeBron has really changed since he left Cleveland, um, or since he asked for a trade and was traded from Cleveland. Um, I also like the idea of him joining KD in New York, playing with the Knicks. Uh, but I, I, I would say I, I think he should stay, either stay with the Celtics or go to the Lakers. Um, I don't like the New York Knicks. I think their whole entire organization is really dysfunctional and, and just terrible. Um, it's not a great roster, so if he goes there and Durant does not go there, like, that would be a terrible situation for Kyrie. So I think he should go to the Lakers. I think um, if he goes to the Lakers and KD leaves the Warriors, I, I really like that situation. Um, I think it's interesting. That Lakers-Warriors matchup in the playoffs will be super, super fun to watch. Um, so I kind of hope he does go to the Lakers, uh, but I think it might be best for him just to stay, stay pat with the Celtics and try to fix his relationship with the organization and with the fans. Um, and I also want to talk about with this series against the Bucks, Kyrie doesn't deserve all of the blame. He deserves the majority of it. But I want to talk about Gordon Hayward was awful for the series. He was so bad. Like, he didn't score 20 points once. He had a bunch of games where he was scoring under 10. And I know he's coming off of the ankle injury. So, I don't I don't think he... Um, I, I understand why he's not playing at his best. But we've seen what he's capable of. He was really good in the second half of the season. Um, I expect him to be, like, back to his original self um, where he's healthy. I expect him to be back at his elite level of play by the halfway mark of next season. Um, then Al Horford, he was he was bad at times. So I don't think all the blame should be put on Kyrie, but he is supposed to be a superstar. He's supposed to be the best player on the team. So he deserve he deserves all the criticism he is getting. Now I get to talk about this Warriors Rocket series. Uh, I don't really want to talk much about early on in the series. I want to talk about Game Five and Game Six. So, we, it's game five, and KD goes down, um, and then he's got what looks like an Achilles tear, that's what it looks like, um, and so people are like, yo, it's his career, like, this is, this is a career-altering injury, like, it ended Kobe's career, so it was insanely scary, so in game five, um, the Warriors were up 20, then KD goes down, the, the Rockets come back, um, the Rockets nearly win. It's the old, it's the big three that the Warriors had before KD. It's Draymond, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. It's their team now. Like, it, like the rest of the series is going to be, like, like, whether they win or not, it's going to lean on their shoulders. Like, they have to carry the team. Um, and they win game five. And 
James Harden only takes one shot in the final eight minutes. I'm like, dude, oh my god, Harden. If if the Rockets go three to three two, if they take the three two lead in the series with Durant out, I don't see how they don't win the series. Like I don't like this is what infuriates me about James Harden. The Warriors lost KD. Now although they have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. They don't have DeMarcus Cousins, and their bench is below average. They don't have a lot of depth. This is the, like, this series was late, like, was on a platter for James Harden to take. Like, this is such a black mark on his legacy that he's not able to win this series. I cannot believe it. So they lose Game 5. The Rockets lose Game 5 somehow. I don't know how, but Harden was really passive. Um, he didn't, like... Put any pressure on the Warriors' defense. He should have. He should have played a little bit more hero ball in Game Five, and just was like, and just should have been like, you know, get out of my way. I'm leading us to a victory. I don't care. Um, so they lose Game Five. Then Game Six. I, I mean, I remember thinking, if game, if the Rockets don't win Game Six, I'm, I may not call Harden the superstar. Um, I mean. I, I was so intru- I was like I was so interested in Game Six. I was uh, like I've never been this excited for a basketball game in my life because I'm, I'm I know how big this is what this was such a big game for Steph Curry and James Harden because Steph Curry's been absolute crap for the entire playoffs, especially in the ser- in this series against the Rockets. He's been really bad, and he's kind of gaining this reputation of being a choker in the playoffs. And not coming up and not being his best when in the playoffs when the lights are the brightest and in the biggest moments he's kind of got a, re- a reputation of shrinking and not playing his best. So this is a huge game for him. And then James Harden and CP3, the entire Rockets team last season was saying that if CP3 was healthy, they would have won the series. And now KD's out, DeMarcus Cousins is out. It's um, the 2016 Warriors, except they're worse because they don't have depth. Their bench is below, below average. This is legit, legitimately the easiest series of all time for the Rockets to win here. Um, it would, it's catastrophic if they don't win the series at that point. And so I'm thinking, alright, I need Harden to play well. I need CP3 to play well. I need, I just need those two dudes to show up and ball out so I can... So I can have this faith in James Harden, so I can be, so I can like, so James Harden can make me believe in him, make me believe that he is an all-time great, and that he's a superstar. So Game Six comes, and then James Harden plays great. He he really really played well. I wish he would have done more um, late in the fourth quarter. I, I wish he would have been better defensively. There are a couple of plays on defense where Curry drives. He just swipes at Curry. He doesn't go and help him. Uh, for some reason, he's like one of the best finishers in the NBA. Like seriously, like Curry is is one of the best finishers in the NBA, especially at the point guard position. And Harden doesn't help him. Like this team is really, really not that good. Uh, this Warriors team without Durant, without Cousins, and with this really bad bench, like they're not that great. They're they're a shell of what they are when healthy. So like you you should be double teaming Curry and double teaming Clay. And Harden's like. Not putting forth any e- enough effort on defense, and then Chris Paul, who's been like 
it's basically been uh, Chris Paul's corpse that's been playing in the playoffs. He's really been not that great. Like, his age is really showing. Um, and he plays phenomenally. And then, when P.J. Tucker played well, Capella was awful. Um, they shot the ball tremendously. The Rockets shot around 42% from three. They were really, really good. And, and then it's like at halftime, Steph Curry has zero points. He was off in the first half. And it's tied. And I, I, I was sitting there and just like, this game's over. The Rockets are not going to win. Because if Steph Curry has you know, shows any signs of life in the second half offensively, it's going to be game over. Because I don't trust James Harden. Um, I, I trust Chris Paul a little bit. I don't trust James Harden. Um, he, hasn't, he hasn't shown me. That he can do, that he can really come up big enough for me to trust him in this elimination game. And of course, they go down, and the Rockets just don't make the big, the big plays they need to to win that series, to win that game, take it to a game seven. Because I believe if the Rockets win game six, they win the series. I think they would have had such a, um, a such a advantage mentally in game seven that it would have been really, really, really difficult for the Warriors to win um, game seven even at home. And uh, Curry and Clay just made the big plays in the end. They made the big plays the Rockets couldn't. And I remember when it was like it was like a 97 point game for like a, a, a pretty long stretch in the fourth in the fourth quarter. And then Curry hits that crazy three um, close to the end of the game. It's like I don't know if it was in the last minute, but he does this little sidestep um, while being guarded by PJ Tucker. He's like falling out of bounds. Nothing but net, and that really extended their lead a little bit. And then Clay Thompson hit the dagger, so it was just. And Steph saved his legacy with that 33 points second half. Uh, like it would have been his legacy would have been tainted if they lose this series, and he played awful in that game six. Like it, I would have had like there would have been some serious doubts about him being an all-time great and being that guy. Uh, but when he came out firing in the second half, he was tremendous in the fourth quarter, scored 23 fourth quarter points, which is a career high for him. He came up big, and he he was the man. He was that guy. He, when the game was on the line, and you're looking for the guy who was going to make the biggest impact, and he's going to just lead his team, and he was going to say, get on my back, I got y'all. Harden wasn't that. It was Steph Curry was. He, he fought for his team in the second half. He was so good. He was tremendous. Made the big plays. Made clutch baskets. And that's why the Warriors won. The Warriors, with the big three they had before KD and with a below average bench, defeated the Rockets because they made the big plays the Rockets failed to make. And they just wanted it more. Um, and that was... It, it, it is one of the most disappointed I have ever been in a player. I have never been more disappointed in a player than I was last night after Game Six when Harden and when Harden was not able to win this series. That Game Five and this Game Six should have been the the easiest wins of all time. Like seriously, with how good James Harden is offensively and how good that Rockets team is, there's no way they should have lost both those games. I'm really disappointed in James Harden. He wasn't able. He wasn't able to make those plays. He wasn't able to just take over. Um, and really have a big enough impact on the game to lead the Rockets to a victory. And I don't know where they go from here. I don't know where the Rockets go from here. I don't know how they improve enough to really 
uh, like be able to like I don't know what moves they make, how they're gonna be able to improve enough to kind of be uh, get in the way of the Warriors next season. How they're gonna be able to beat the Warriors possibly because they haven't been able to do it yet, and I don't think they're ever going to beat the Warriors because Chris Paul's aging. Uh, Clint Capella sucked this series. He was awful. He was like a glorified. He's like he's like Javale McGee. But extremely expensive. That's who he was. And Kevin Looney was playing like a prime sack. Like, he, he, I, I cannot believe it. Kevin Looney, um, he's a, he's a good player. But the way he plays, it looks so unnatural. It looks like he doesn't really know what he's doing on the court. He's moving kind of sluggishly. He was phenomenal. He had 14 points, I believe. Yeah, he was really good. Um, he was rebounding well, putting in that work on the glass. He was getting wide open, wide open buckets. I mean, he was putting in some serious work on Clint Capella. Capella was like cowering in fear because Kevin Looney is dominating him like he is prime Shaq. It was hilarious. And then, how? What are the chances that Iggy hits five threes? That is, like Iggy was on fire last night. He hit five threes. All of these threes were huge. Like they, I felt like they all came at points when the Rockets were about to extend their lead and the Warriors were kind of falling behind a little bit. And it, it was like in that point in the game where one team is finally about to get a lead and really extend it, and it's about to turn into a blowout. And then Iggy would hit a three, and he did it like five times, and really helped the Warriors win this game. But yeah. Crazy game six. Clay Thompson was phenomenal first half. 21 points. I, I remember last night, I was tweeting in the first half. I tweeted, I was like, uh, game six Clay in the building. Because he was phenomenal in the first half. I think if he had, say he has like 11 points in the first half, I think they're done. Because I don't know, like, him, him going off while Steph Curry struggled was huge for the Warriors. So I think if he, say he has like 10 points a half, I think they lose the game. Uh, but yeah, what a series. I, bro, like, I gotta give it up to the Warriors. I gotta give it up to Steph Curry. He showed up. He saved his legacy. He really elevated himself in all-time great talks with his performance because he showed up. Um, and I was, I'm just shocked that they were able to get, get it done and win the series. Next up, I want to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and I know I talked about about him a little bit earlier with being a superstar, but I want to talk about what like what we can expect from him in the future, um, because he's 24 years old. He is a young, he's a little baby. He's a little baby. He's 24 years old, entering his prime. Um, he's arguably the best player in the NBA. Um, I think he may be the best player in the NBA. It's either him or Durant, in my opinion. Uh, but Giannis has been so consistently great in the playoffs that I almost want to put him... I almost think he's the best player. He's unguardable one-on-one. -on -one. Who can stop him? Like, who has the strength and the, and the size to be able to um, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him defensively? I don't know if anybody can. And then he and then Giannis is so great defensively that like, he can guard the one through five. He can guard every position. I mean, he's just so fun to watch. I love him. Um, Steph Curry is my favorite player. Uh, Giannis is probably my second. I, I like, 
I have like a man crush, to be honest. I swear, like, um, when the playoffs started, I started watching him, and then I started being obsessed. And I'd be like, oh my god, the Bucks are on. I have to get, where's a TV at? Turn the Bucks on now. I must watch Giannis. Um, and he's got such a great basketball IQ. Um, and I really love the way that he approaches the game of basketball. He works hard. He loves bas- He loves the game of basketball. He obviously, obviously it matters to him. It's not like he's there for the money. He's there because he's good and he like and he, he just is good at it. So he, and he can make a lot of money. No, he cares about it. Like it's like life or death for him. Um, and I just love the way he approaches the game. I love the way he fits in Milwaukee's 3D system. I love the way that their front office has built around him. I just love Giannis. And I think we are seeing the emergence of the next all-time great player. And I really think that if Giannis wins the title this year, this could be this could be the beginning of Giannis's Giannis's path or Giannis's journey into becoming the greatest player of all time. Because I think he can get there. Um, I think he can get to that level of greatness and build up that kind of resume. Um, but I love Giannis, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the future. So I had already recorded this podcast, or this segment of the podcast, where I talked about the Lakers coach and who I thought they were going to hire. Um, but, yeah, we just like we just learned, like, minutes ago that the Lakers have hired uh, Frank Vogel. He was the Magic coach, I think, two seasons ago. And then he used to be the coach of the Indiana Pacers, like, in 2013, 2014, when Paul George was on the Pacers, and... The, the Pacers and the Miami Heat uh, had those epic playoff battles. He was their coach. And then they have also hired Jason Kidd to be on their staff. So that's interesting. Uh, I don't know all the contract details. I can look them up real quick. Um, but I know they the Lakers were going after Tyron Lue. Um, and he declined the deal because I think the deal they offered him was like three years instead of five. And he could not hire any of his own coaches, which is ridiculous. I don't know why they offered him that. That is a terrible offer. Um, no coach would accept that. Like, I don't know who would accept that. Uh, so he, he declined that. Um, and I don't know how Vogel fits with them. The, the main thing I would want um, as a Lakers fan for the coach of the Lakers would be someone who can fit with LeBron. Um, who doesn't let LeBron like have control of everything? Um, they kind of, they're able to over or they're able to have some sort of control of LeBron, um, and their say goes above what LeBron says. And then they, and then I want the coach. If I were a Lakers fan, I'd want the coach to uh, be able to develop the young players, and um, I mean a good fit a good fit with the young guys like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, but Frank Vogel is a good coach, so I like the hire. I think it's a, a, a good hire. Um, and then Jason Kidd being an assistant, he's a, he was a Hall of Fame player. Um, I didn't really like what he what he did with the Bucks, so I don't really have much to say about that. Thank God he's not the head coach. That would that would have been a terrible hire. Um, anyway, that's the new head coaching hire. I want to talk about what the Lakers are going to do in the future because. There's a good chance that the Lakers do not sign any big free agents. So, if they don't sign any free agents, what is LeBron going to do? 
could could LeBron retire early? I think that's a good possibility. I think like that is a a good question to ask. Could LeBron retire early if the Lakers don't bring in somebody to help him contend um, soon? And are they going to be able to make a trade offer for Anthony Davis if they don't get a big free, a big signing? If they don't make any a big splash in free agency? Because uh, I don't think they have a good offer right now. Uh, with Brandon Ingram, Blood Clots, um, all, like, I don't know if they have a good offer. Like, they don't have a better offer than the Celtics. Um, I know the Clippers have a better offer. Um, is it the Heat? Somebody has a good draft pick. Um, I forgot who. I think somebody has the Kings draft pick and can make a trade. It may be a team already named. But, like, if they don't bring in another star to to be the sidekick for LeBron, like, I don't know where they go from here. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do um, in the offseason because um, this is huge for them. They have to hit. They have to um, sign somebody. Uh, whether it be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or Kawhi Leonard, they have to get one of those three players. They have to get a superstar. It cannot be like they got to get a like a great star. They can't settle for like Jimmy Butler. They got to get one of those top tier free agents, um, and I expect them to. But if they don't, it'll be really interesting to see where the Lakers go from here um, and what moves they make. Because they could also trade LeBron. Um, which I think is an interesting thing they might do. That's an interesting move um, that I don't think is an absolute, absolutely ridiculous idea. Uh, so I can see that happening. I, I can, I, I, I would agree with it if they did, but I do not see them doing that. I think Lakers fans might like burn down Stable Center if they trade LeBron. Um, LeBron fans would have. They would lose their minds. Twitter would break. The internet would go down if they traded LeBron. Uh, but it's a possibility. Like this will be one of the most entertaining off seasons um, in recent memory. Possibly the most entertaining off season of all time because the free agent, the free agency class is so good. There's so many great players in it, um, and then there's a lot of great storylines. So I'm excited about that. Um, this, uh, this is it for the podcast. I do want to announce that for the NBA draft, because like the draft lottery is coming up this week, um, and the draft lottery will be coming up soon, and I'm going to be doing a little series where I do a film study series where I take a look at the prospects, I watch their film, and then I, I want to give you all my analysis on each player. Um, so I'll be doing that. Uh, I'll have a, some podcast episodes where I do that. I don't know how long they will be. I don't know if I will include them with some other stories or if, if there will be like standalone episodes that will be shorter than other episodes. I'll figure out how I'm going to do that. But I just want to let you all know that that will be something I will be doing because I'm really excited about the NBA draft. I like some of the prospects. So I'm excited about doing that. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this and I will see you all next time. Peace. Thank you.